Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, the hobby of aquarium keeping is very much a journey at its very heart, isn't it? And as a fish geek, you try a lot of ideas on that journey, and not all of them work, right? Like, you know, the time you tried to create that mud hole for those Nothobranchias that you acquired at the fish club auction, or the flooded pentanol biotope you tried to do with those weeds you found in the local field, you know, that kind of stuff. Not everything works. Ideas which were really great and executions which, well, needed some evolution to really work out nicely. And just because they may not have accomplished what you wanted right from the get-go doesn't mean that these things were failures. Nope. I can think uh, of a number of failures I've had you know, occur with aquariums only to realize that they were actually micro-successes, little incremental skill-building, experience-gaining events which served to move me further along the path towards an ultimate success. When I first started keeping blackwater aquariums some 30 years ago, I was utilizing the most commonly available materials, available in the fish world, that is, you know, like peat moss and maybe some leaves. And they work to tint the water, but I can never get the pH of my LA tap water, which is like hard as hell and alkaline, like you wouldn't believe, uh, to fall more than a point or two if I was lucky. It took years of research, yeah, pre-Google, mind you, uh, to figure out that the hardness of the water was preventing the peat from having any real impact on the pH. So I had really sexy tinted aquariums in 1979 and 1981 that had ridiculously high pH and hard water. And then around the mid-80s, reef aquariums started, uh, you know, rearing their heads and magazines started talking about reverse osmosis systems to purify and soften your source water. And they'd been around for a while, uh, but not in the aquarium world. Of course, I pleaded with my parents to get a water softener for the house, touting some kinds of, you know, human health benefits and my dad, a fellow fish geek, he knew my ploy, of course, but I had visions of these tropical reefs and blackwater streams, and I would, I would stop at nothing to achieve them. Eventually, I was able to afford an RO unit, and finally, that soft, acidic water that you know Axelrod and Lacorte talked about in their books was attainable. Of course, further experimentation with different types of natural materials led to greater successes. I couldn't just stop at good base water parameters, right? I had to go further. And along the way, I experienced some setbacks, like poisoning my fishes, overdoing botanical additions, etc., etc. But I never viewed them as failures to a certain extent. Now, I don't want to sound callous, as there was some loss of life during these experiments that was horrible. But I think it steeled my resolve to learn more, to perfect what I was doing, rather than just to put a damper on my enthusiasm and say, oh, enough of this. Like many of you, I learned to perfect my craft through trial and error. While I evolved into the reef aquarium world for a couple of decades, I always kept experimenting with my blackwater aquariums. I took a lot of the rapidly developing technique of the reef world and all the available hardware and played with it in freshwater. I continuously iterated and tried all kinds of new stuff with it. I screwed up a lot and I learned a lot too. Those years were really important in the development of you know my hobby and, and the aquatics industry experience as well. I learned the value of sort of the aquatic cross-training, common sense, and just doing shit. And failure and perseverance in the hobby, it also teaches you humility. So you got to try things, screw them up, tweak them, learn from them, change them, share, repeat. Everybody wins. Taking an attitude that it's not the end of the world if you, you fail is a pretty healthy attitude. Beginners in the aquarium hobby are happy to just win a simple victory just to keep fishes alive. They take joy in the things that we likely uh, take for granted as experienced hobbyists. Perhaps the beginner knows something that we don't. I think that I, we, that is more advanced hobbyists, often know too much, or we think that we do. Seriously. I don't mean that from an arrogant perspective or anything. I think that like so many things that 
you know, with, with hobbyists at our level, your level of experience, sometimes we tend to overthink every aspect of the aquarium hobby, particularly during the new tank startup phase, rather than just letting ourselves enjoy the moment, the wonder and the awe that comes from doing something special, beautiful, and let's face it, incredibly cool, you know, setting up a slice of nature in our home, rather than doing that, we overthink it. Sometimes, you know, we understand all this stuff, or so we think. We've experienced it so many times. We've watched, even reassured others that, oh, all this is normal, and you just got to be patient with this algae or whatever. It's going to pass. You know, aquarium stuff. Outright beginners don't, you know, actually have it much easier in this regard, I think. I mean, when you're just having a tank of fresh or salt water in your home as a novelty, a cause for rejoicing, you love it. You tend to live in a bubble of gentle ignorance. I mean, that's a harsh word, but let's call it blissful lack of awareness about some things that some of this stuff really does suck. But that's actually a beautiful thing because the beginner is taken by the sheer wonder and the joy of it all. They don't stress out over stuff like algal films, detritus on the substrate, micro bubbles, or the occasional falling piece of wood in their aquascape or whatever. No, they're not worried about that yucky algae or water movement or any of the dozen minutia that we are because they don't know that it can linger a long time if you don't manage the tank correctly at this phase. It's no biggie, not at the moment. They're not handcuffed by their past experiences and the knowledge of having set up dozens of tanks over the years. Rather, they're just stoked as all get out by the thought of, you know, glow light tetras, amano shrimp, glass catfish, and, you know, so-called common betas taking up residence in the new little utopian microhabitat they just set up in their New York City apartment. I think it's entirely possible to release ourselves in the burden of our own experience and to allow ourselves to enjoy every aspect of this great hobby free from preconception or prejudice. To just make decisions based on research, gut, or, yeah, I suppose, experience tells us the right thing to do. Then just letting stuff happen. In other words, taking control of the influence that our own experience provides rather than allowing it to taint our whole journey with, you know, dogma, doubt, second-guessing, and over-analysis of every single, you know, subject. Just relaxing. Embracing the sheer joy of a beginner. Again, sounds like fun to me. We should all try it sometime. Now, the point of this semi-autobiographical essay or rant or whatever you want to call it and the recommendation to adopt part of a beginner's mindset is to understand that setbacks, attacks, criticisms, all that stuff is secondary to just doing. It's a mental rewind or a call to mentally rewind yourself, if you will. Secondary to just learning your craft, perfecting technique, and sharing what you love. The only failure, in my opinion, is when we are browbeaten or intimidated by them, whoever they are, into not following our passions and not doing what we know to be our thing. So the idea of successful failures is a huge part of you know what we do in the hobby. And when we embrace and own them, magic happens. That's where the growth and advancement comes in the hobby. The learning, the excitement. That's the really cool part. Stay diligent, stay bold, stay unwavering, stay passionate, stay persistent, stay patient, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Feldman. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.